This is episode one of Tales from the Quarantine. Hi, my name is Sean. Welcome to episode one of Tales from the Quarantine. Being episode one, this is going to be a bit rough, uh, but to give you a little bit of a rundown, what we're going to try and do here on this uh, podcast is to talk to people from around the world, figure out what's going on, uh, how things are where they are, and how they're coping with self-isolation or the inevitable uh, quarantine uh, due to COVID-19 infection. Um, we're just going to try and get this, uh, we're going to try and keep things light and cheerful as much as we can, but given the current situation in the world, it, it, it might not be exactly possible to do that. Um, so I'm going to be talking with people over the internet, um, just off the cuff kind of interviews or just conversations. I'd prefer conversations over interviews and we're going to try and get this going right now. I'm just talking to you, the listeners. There's no guest right now, but we're going to figure that out. Uh, we've run into some technical glitches and uh, whatnot, but I figured I'd give you a little rundown about who I am, your host, or at least one of the hosts, probably the primary host of this podcast. Um, my name is Sean. I was uh, born and raised in the town of Bob Cajun, Ontario. Uh, currently, that town is experiencing a major uh, outbreak of COVID-19. It is uh, currently, as of today... Uh, claimed the lives of 22 residents of the Pinecrest Nursing Home and infected untold numbers of others in that nursing home and uh, who knows about community infection within the local community. It is terrible what we hear coming out of that community along with all the other communities uh, through Italy, Spain, uh, China and the major outbreak in the United States. So we need to try and get some just talk to people out there we we don't really know what's going on in a lot of these places uh, a lot of communities around the world outside of what we're seeing on major news outlets or some clips on youtube facebook instagram those places so i'm gonna try and put together conversations with people some my friends some my family some friends of friends and family of friends but my hope is to get uh, people from all over the world, strangers who I've never interacted with, um, and get their stories, their conversations that they're going to have with me and probably some other people uh, that I invite onto this uh, platform and get them out to you. So, yeah, I'm stuck at home. You're stuck at home. The only time you should be going out is to either to your backyard to get some fresh air or to the grocery store to get much needed supplies and uh yeah i i i'm just trying to get i i, I don't know it, it's a weird situation that we haven't been in in pretty much 100 years and it's scary anxious and you're allowed to be scared and anxious let's let's not worry about that that that, that is that is the least of our concerns right now. It, the main concern is staying healthy, uh, keeping sane, especially if you're uh, in a house or uh, an apartment or a dormitory uh, by yourself, which I know all too well that that is, can be a little frightening. But it's what we can do. Um, so yeah, my name's Sean, I'll be your host. Uh, your guide, I guess, to people's stories. Uh, I'll be 
uh, try and get as much information out to you as possible. Maybe not information, um, but I, I'm going to try and talk with you. Um, we're going to do our best to uh, talk to you. And if you want to talk to me, um, we'll, uh, we can arrange that. You can come on to this uh, podcast. I apologize for any noise you hear in the background. I got two young kids, uh, seven and four. So I understand the parental struggles. Uh, my wife's a champion. Uh, she's uh, she's also a college student as well. So she's wearing multiple hats. I'm getting a lot of my uh, numbers from this uh, website, worldmeters.info slash coronavirus. I'm finding it fairly interesting to see the numbers on that website. Um, if anyone has other uh, sources of information, please feel free to get them to me. But yeah, let's look at the numbers. Like the United States has, according to this right now, has 311,656 uh, total cases. Active cases, they have 288,374 active cases. And their death toll is staggering. 8,454. And that's in like a month and a half. Spain and Italy are, are also like, it's just... Uh, like we see the we saw Italy all over the news uh, back when they were the big country that was hit, but Spain has overtaken them in the total infections. Um, but luckily they're uh, they're they're ahead of them in total recoveries. But they have twelve thousand deaths in Spain, twelve thousand four hundred eighteen actually. In Italy, they have 15,362 as of right now at 10.14 in the morning Eastern Standard Time. And, like, I don't want to get hooked on those numbers, but, like, there's people out there spreading misinformation about this and comparing it to the H1N1 uh, pandemic of 2009 and, and 10 and comparing, like, how there was, uh, in the United States alone, there was over 12,000 deaths. But what they fail to consider is that was over 20 months. It's from uh, 2009 to 2010, H1N1 pandemic, in January 2009 to August 2010. And it killed just over 12,000 American citizens. If the trends continue, the U.S. is going to beat that by Tuesday. And that is just mind-boggling. And how people can just be downplaying this and, and thinking that it's not a big deal. Like, the the H1N1 pandemic had, I believe the death rate was listed at 0.02%, meaning it wasn't really that deadly. Whereas, depending on which country, but I believe the global average of known infected cases is... Five and a half percent. The, the global death rate for this this virus is five and a half percent, and people are still downplaying it. I've gone to the grocery store. I'm the designated grocery getter for my family, and I've seen people just nonchalantly go about their grocery shopping business like nothing's happening. And it's like. <sighs> It's downright scary sometimes how people are just ignoring the advice and recommendations of the healthcare professionals who are not out there to take over the world, but they're out there looking 
for out for themselves and their colleagues and the less people get infected the less they have to worry about carrying that infection to the hospitals unless they worry about getting infected themselves this this virus is not anything that should be taken lightly so how's everyone doing today you know it's been a couple weeks since uh this really hit big and we've been kind of stuck at home and just how you doing uh send me a message send us a tweet our twitter is um at tales from the queue T-A-L-E-S-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-Q. And just let us know how you're doing. Uh, follow us on there as well if you'd like uh, for future updates and episodes. And, uh, and guests, if you uh, want to uh, be a guest on the podcast and tell us what you're, what you're specifically doing. Um, how you're coping. Uh, how you get groceries. Some people, like... They're having a hard time getting groceries. Here's an example. Um, we ordered groceries. Uh, we ordered groceries on March March 26th. And they were supposed to be delivered uh, Wednesday the 1st of April. And it was a big April's Fool's joke when they didn't show up. And then we got a message saying, your groceries will be delivered by April 7th. And that's not sustainable. That's almost two weeks. And if we didn't have other food in the house, and if we were relying on that single grocery order, we wouldn't have had food. I had to go out and buy all the food um, that we ordered. I canceled the order, obviously. Went to the different grocery store and uh, went out and purchased all the food, exposing myself. Um, I understand. Grocery stores are... like the, the work they're doing there is amazing. But there's a backlog and... If this continues and more and more places close down or are curbside pickup only, um, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to fix the system that's in place right now. I shouldn't have to wait a week or two for groceries. My my grandparents, they're in their mid-80s. They're isolating themselves from everyone else. And if it wasn't for my cousins, I wouldn't know how they would be getting their food they placed an order online for delivery or pickup i cannot remember which one um and they have a week and a half between when they order their food and when they can go and get it and i understand a lot of these systems are in place from before all this it was economical um you know you have an hour pickup time or you know we can drop stuff off at your house but only at this specific time but right now, that's not good. They need to open up more pickup times, more more spots, uh, streamline delivery. Uh, and if this continues for what they expect to be months, they're really going to have to figure this out uh, fast um, because there's going to be people who are not able to go to the grocery store or are not able to go and get this food. And, and then there's the people who go to the grocery store um, for example, one of my shopping trips, uh, actually that shopping trip I did, their, the grocery store was doing good. They had lines outside. You had to be six feet away from everyone. You're in line, one person in, one person, sorry, one person out, one person in. And that was great. It re- drastically reduced congestion inside the grocery store. But there's still people walking around 
all nonchalantly thinking that this isn't a big deal. Like they're just passing you in the aisle. They're not respecting the six foot minimum. I'm, I must, the six foot's a minimum. Try and keep more than six feet if you can, because you know, uh, it's a minimum, but these people aren't respecting that. And they're just like the number of times someone came up behind me and grabbed something off the shelf right next to me without saying, excuse me from a distance or, or waiting like, what's so important that you have to grab that can of lima beans? Like, it's a bit ridiculous. Just respect people's personal space. A six-foot bubble is not much. You know, don't pass people in the aisle. Wait your turn. Like, I, I was waiting behind an old lady. Um, she must have been in her late 70s at least. I was keeping at least three carts distance behind because I'm, I'm 31. I'm very possible. I could be infected right now and not know it. I could be asymptomatic. Um, don't, we're, uh, my family's doing our best to uh, prevent that possibility. So I'm keeping probably a good eight feet uh, distance between me and this uh, elderly individual. Someone just walks right past me and starts shopping right next to her. She seems startled by it. She's uh, She wasn't wearing a mask. She wasn't wearing gloves or anything. She was just trying to get her weekly grocery run because... Some of these people are on a tight weekly budget, as it is. And this person, I, they, they didn't care. They didn't seem to care about the social distancing construct that we have in our society right now. Um, and what we're going through as a collective species. This isn't just an American problem. This isn't a Chinese problem. This isn't an Italian problem. This isn't a Spanish problem. It's a global problem. And we need to respect that we are preventing untold carnage because of this virus by just keeping six, at minimum six feet away from people. And they, they refuse to do that. And it's just, to be honest, it's kind of, it's kind of disgusting uh, in a way because like, th that's a minimum that people are asking for. Six feet. Can you not give these people six feet? And then there's the people that are just ignoring. Like, in the early er, early days, I guess, you know, uh, two weeks ago, I saw people just, like, shooting the shit um, outside of uh, a Walmart back when I, we were, I guess, two or three weeks ago. We were back trying to get um, supplies, uh, our long-term supplies, like our dried foods and stuff. Um, we didn't want to go outside as often as we can. Uh, we going about two weeks trying to get fresh foods and stuff we've run out that my kids apparently can't live without. So these people are just standing outside of a Walmart, which is a high traffic area at the entrance, just talking, uh, you know, smoking, hacking up a lung. Like at that point, rate of infection where we live was minimal. However, like you never know these, who knows where these people went from? Who knows where they came from? Um, who knows who they've interacted with? And that's the problem. We can control our own personal environment. We know where we're coming from. We know where what we've touched and how we've maintained our own personal hygiene. But we can't control others. And and now, even April 5th, people are still ignoring the, 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 re, the social distancing request to the point where people have, where the government is instituting massive fines against people who are, are risking public health. I, I, I understand the outcry against people listening to Big Brother, the government, the G-Man, 
I understand people come up with conspiracy theories, and, and yes, it is not without caution. The gov- governments in the throughout history have used national emergencies to seize control or wrestle away a lot of control away from the people. However, we have to put you know have to put some trust in our elected leaders that they are going to do what's in the best interest of our country, of our people, and we have to trust our public health officials. Public health officials aren't elected. They're not, they're not there for personal gain or personal power, at least in my country, Canada. But they're there because they're doing a service. They're there to help us. They're there to try and get us, get information to us. And we have to try and listen to them. We can't just, we have to follow their recommendations. Because if we don't, what's happening in Pinecrest Nursing Home in Bob Cage, Ontario is going to happen all over. What's happening in Italy, in the United States, in Spain, is going to happen all over. And I personally don't think that people are ready for, like, mass graves. <laughs> like, if we listen to the experts, if we, have, if we do nothing, if we say everything goes back to normal tomorrow, but the virus is still here, we're looking at tens of millions of people dead. And that's, that's a high estimate, but given the... Uh, Spanish flu pandemic uh, 100 years ago. It's not, it's not off the books. So we have to stay home. We have to watch TV. We have to play video games. We have to spend time with our family. You know, spend this time just being a good person. Okay, that's going to do it for the first episode of Tales from the Quarantine. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, I'm hoping to get people on for the next episode uh, and hopefully every subsequent or the majority of subsequent episodes thereafter. And uh, I just want to say thank you for listening and stay home, stay healthy.